glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to pick it up in verse 1. Just read a few verses here. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. Luke chapter 10. Everybody's ready? And verse 1. The Bible says this. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before His face into every city and place where the he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Verse 3, Go your ways, behold, behold I send you forth as lambs among wolves. I must be scratching this thing somehow. Forgive me. Lambs among wolves. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. This morning, we thank you for your precious word. And uh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, Lord, your mercies and your many blessings in our lives. Lord, speak to hearts right now and help me to be a blessing, Lord God, to these dear folks. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this portion of scripture, to me, of course, being a missionary, it, it, it means a lot. And uh, I think really in, the, in this context here, it's really all about missions work. Um, if you look at verse 1, of course, we've got the Lord speaking here. We've got the Gospel of Luke. And the Lord, it says here, after these things, the Lord, He did it. It says He appointed. He appointed. That word appointed, it means called or chosen or elected. Uh, he, he got together a certain group of people that He wanted to use for a specific task. You know, I believe with all my heart that that's the way God does it, that He calls some to be pastors, He calls some to be missionaries, but it's not them calling themselves. I mean, sometimes we like the idea of being in those positions or those roles, but honestly, it's God that calls these people to do a work for Him. And that's what we see here, since the Lord done it. And then He says, other. See that word, other? Other 70 also. I mean, this wasn't the verse 70. Amen? I mean, there was others before them. Amen? You know, we, we've been missionary church planners for a very long time now, it seems like. And, uh, but we have, we're not the first ones that's ever been went out, that went out, amen? We're not the first ones that God has ever called, amen? I mean, you go all the way back to Hudson Taylor, I mean, Adonai Judson, I mean, or all of those great men of the past. And we're not the first ones, amen? And, and we're not going to be the last ones if the Lord doesn't come back, amen? Other 70 also. It says here in verse 1, and sent. You see that? He appointed them, He called them, He chose them, and He also sent them. Amen? He sent them, and it says that He sent them two and two before His face, watch this, into every city and place. It says He sent them into every city and place. There's a whole lot of cities, and there's a whole lot of places around this world. Amen? And God, hey, can I tell you how great the need is all over the globe? for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so great. There's so few. You, you, you only think that there's a lot of missionaries out there. There's not. I mean, you, you talk about a missionary family in cities of hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people, amen? And, and all the folks that are out there, 
in the name of the Lord are not necessarily teaching the right kind of stuff or preaching the right kind of stuff. I mean, it's so few. The need is so great. There are so many cities. All over the country of Chile, there are cities of 20,000 and 30,000 and 40,000 and yes, even 100,000. No gospel witness. Does anybody here know of any missionaries to Chile other than us? You know, you mentioned the Holtz. The Holtz have been down there about 18 years. Uh, but very few. Two missionary families left Chile permanently during the COVID, COVID crisis in the past two years. Um, uh, there's so few. The need is so great. Every city and every place where he himself would come. You notice where he himself would come. I see that. You know, missionaries, we go into areas where they're controlled by the Catholic Church or, or by the devil himself. Amen? And there's no gospel light there. So it's like we're being sent in before the Lord, amen, before He would come in, and yes, we have the Holy Spirit within us as, as, as God-chosen and God-sent missionaries, but we're going into an area that is dark with crime and, and sin and, and all types of ungodly. We, we go in before He comes and fills and changes that area by saving souls. So in a, in a, in a real sense, it's like we are going in before the face of the Lord. And, and sometimes into some really rough areas. There's areas in Santiago, Chile, you won't find missionaries in. Most areas in Santiago, Chile, you won't find missionaries in. As soon as they come there and they find out how difficult the city is and how the crime and the, and the problems, and they very quickly will run to some little, a small little community with 5,000 people in the corner of nowhere. But if you look at the ministry of the Apostle Paul, bless God, he went to core cities. Went to core cities and started a church. He, he started, tried to reach the masses of people. And no doubt Santiago is a, is a core city. It's also a difficult, difficult area to serve in. But it says here, whether he himself would come, now, verse 2, he says, Therefore said he unto them. Now, this is kind of like the pep rally, as it were. This is the encouraging words right before he sends them out. He says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Can I say to you that those words ring even more true 2,000 years later? That the harvest is so great, that there's so many folks that could be saved and would be saved if somebody was willing to go and tell them and, and share with them and, and teach them and help them, it's great. The work is great. Amen. The, the laborers are few. That, 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 that means that even then, and as well as now, that the Lord Jesus knew that there were so few folks, honestly, that were willing to go. You'll get some folks that'll go and spend two or three years, and when they go and get tough, they they come home, right? And sad, sad, true, but it happens like that sometimes with missionaries. They go for a handful of years, and then that that's it. Because mission life is a sacrificial life, and it's not easy, and it's hard, and it's missing Christmas, it's missing Thanksgiving, it's missing mom and dad, it's missing the missions conferences, it's missing it's missing uh, your home church, it's missing everything. It's a hard life. But there's so many folks 
that are not willing to go. And I, probably many more people have been called than what actually honor that call and go. If you find a missionary today that's been on the field for more than 30 years, it's a rarity. Missionaries just don't make it that long. It's a difficult work. But the, the harvest is so great. But labors are few. And this is what he says. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. So this is your responsibility, my responsibility. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, in verse 1, he appoints them, he calls them, he gets ready and sends them out. In verse 2, he gives them these encouraging words. Hey, that the, that the harvest out there is so great. Amen? And you 70, you have an opportunity to be a part of it. Amen? Hey, it's so great. And then he says this in verse 3. Right before he, he sends them out, as it were, he says this. He says, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Wow. The last thing he says to them. I mean, I'd have been like, Lord. Could have said it a little bit more encouraging. Amen? I mean, I mean, right before we go out, we, lambs among wolves? Yeah. You know, um, why I wouldn't for a minute want to discourage anybody from being a missionary. Mission work can be dangerous work. That's what it says in the, in the context here that the Lord appointed them and that the Lord called them. Yeah. It can be a dangerous work. You really are lambs among wolves. You know, you didn't have to tell the Apostle Paul that missions work was dangerous. Uh, notice what he says here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. Notice what he says here in verse, oh, about 23. We'll drop down to verse, well, yeah, 23. I speak as full. Labor is more abundant and stripes above measure and, pris- and prisons more frequent and deaths oft of the Jews. Five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and day. Have I been in the deep? In journeys oft, in perils of, the, of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren. You didn't have to tell the Apostle Paul that missions work was dangerous. Yeah. It can get, it can get dangerous really quick. I can't tell you, but there's been a, a quite a few times that we have felt, felt and been in physical danger just being in some of the areas where we're called to serve at. Um, you, you probably heard that last year uh, there was a missionary that went to Africa, Cameroon, Africa. The first week on the field, the first week on the field, they, they shot him in the head and killed him. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. And, and a lot more times that you, you actually don't hear about. I mean, we, 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 our, our, our church has been robbed three times. Last year we were in the middle of armed robbery and you had to get down, you know. And just violent, violent, crazy stuff. Once you leave... The comforts and the securities of the United States of America, bless God, friend, you're not in Kansas anymore. Amen? And mission work, it can be a a dangerous work. But you know what? If God's called you, if God's appointed you, amen, God will protect you. Amen? And so that's what we rely on every single day of our life. But that's what he's saying here. He says that you really are sent out as lambs among wolves. Look at it in verse 2, or verse 4. Look at it in verse 4. He says, now, this is kind of his encouraging message to them as they're getting ready to go out. 
He says, carry neither purse nor script nor shoes and salute no man by the way. You see that verse 4? Don't even take the time to pack a bag. Don't take the time to even put your shoes on. That's what he's saying. He says, and when you're going to the work that you've been called to and appointed to, when you're going to, don't take the time to be talking with nobody along the way. It's like, it's like he's saying there's an urgency to it, you know? I mean, you've been called, you've been appointed, amen? There's so few of you, the, the, the harvest is so great, get right out there to it. There is an urgency to the work that the Lord is calling you to. Do you know that urgency is still great today? There's a time factor involved. You know, bless God, you're not living forever, amen? And Jesus is coming, amen? There is a time factor involved in the work that God has called us to. And also I see in the fact that don't take the time to be, to be talking with nobody along the way. Uh, don't, uh, don't get distracted as we learned in our lesson this morning. Don't get distracted. When God has called you to, to do something and, and, and He's appointed you uh, for a specific work to go to a, a specific area, bless God, get right to it. I mean, get right out there on deputation. Get your support. Get to the field. Don't waste no time. Don't get distracted. You know, it's so easy to get distracted with all the little jiggly things that this world has to offer. Sure is. Yeah. You know what? You know anybody in the Bible that got distracted? How about Solomon? Hmm? He get distracted? All them wives? All them false gods? Oh yeah, it's easy. How about David? <laughs> Did he get distracted looking down from his balcony? Huh? When he should have been out of the battle? Right? Oh, yeah, it's easy to get distracted. What about Eve in the garden? The Garden of Eden. She get distracted? Free of knowledge of good and evil. Huh? Yeah. What about Martha? The Mary of Mary. She got distracted also with all her serving. Remember her sister tried to get her in trouble with the Lord. Huh? Hey, hey, it's easy to get distracted. Amen? But when God has called, appointed, chosen, elected you to do something for Him. This is, what he, this is the advice the Lord has given to the 70. There's an urgency to it. Don't get distracted. Get directly to the work. Hey, and even more so in the day and time that you and I live in. Look at this in verse 7. He says this, And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such, thing as, such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his hire, Though not from house to house. But think about this. Where you go, where the Lord sends you, He says, remain in that house. Watch this. Eating and drinking. And this is the thought. Such things as they give. Such things as they give. You know, one of the more difficult things for me when I surrendered to go to the foreign field was learning to live off of what was given to us. I was late 30s, going on 40 years old. And so I had been in the workforce for a, a lot of years. We owned a home. I had a business, and a really good business. And, uh, and we got rid of all that, lived out of our, at the back of my pickup truck for a year, for our first year of deputation. And then we downgraded to a little white car that was given to us <laughs> and, and used that for the second year, man. And, uh, and, and it was very difficult. I told Mart, I said, you know, that when we launch out on deputation, I said, as soon as we, as soon as we quit working and, and launch out, I said, the paychecks are going to stop coming. It's going to get difficult really quick. Huh? And we had to learn. It's a process and it can be difficult. We had to learn to literally live off of what was given to us. That's what missionaries 
do. I'm on the foreign field. I can't get a job down there. They won't let me work. Huh? Plus, the work is so great. There's no time to, to get involved in, in the secular things. Amen? And we live off of what you guys, churches just like you, send us. Sometimes it seems we barely make it. And sometimes it seems like we have more than enough. We've cut back. We only eat peanut butter and jelly twice a week now. I'm teasing with you a little bit. Amen? But the, the Lord is good. Amen? And, and you live off of what's given to you. Notice here in verse 16. Look at this thought. Chapter 10, verse 16. He that heareth you, heareth me. Now he says this to the 70 that's about to go out into the work, into the harvest, that is so great. He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. You know, it's a humbling thought to think that God would send us out into a great harvest, into every city, in every place, all over the world. He's called us. He's chosen us. He provides for us through His people. That there's an urgency, that that, that we can't get distracted. We've, We've got to get to the work. And that when we get there, that when they, those folks, hear us, they hear God. Huh? That we literally go as God's messengers, as God's mouthpiece, and we speak not our words, but the words of God. And if they reject me, if they reject His messenger, they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting Him that sent me. That's what He says to them as He sends them out. You know, that the Lord Jesus is still doing this today. That He calls young men and women to serve Him on the foreign field or here in the United States or the next town over. But He calls them and He chooses them. He tells them, hey, the work is so great. The harvest is so great. There's so few folks. Pray that the Lord would send more. He tells them to go out. He tells them it's a dangerous work. You're going to have to be careful. But I'm going to be with you. He tells them, uh, you're going you're to live off of what I give you through my people. He says to them, and they that hear you, hear me. That you're going to reach these people. That I am going to work and speak through you. I'm going to live through you as it were. Amen? To be, to be uh, an encouragement, to be a testimony uh, to them. Can I tell you that this system, that it works really good. That God knows exactly what He's doing. Oh yeah. That the harvest is truly great. And that the laborers are so few. Sad truth is, is that the mission work can be a difficult thing to do. It's not always easy. It's not always easy for Marla and I. We've been down there in Santiago full-time for 11 years. We miss so much. We we miss so much. Marta was born down there, but we lived in the States for years. We miss so much. My family, um, sometimes the relationship is not as good. We've grown apart. It's been so many years. We've taken several trips back to the United States, but not, not for long periods of time. 
our support has went up and it's and it's went down. Um, we, we will fly back to Santiago, Chile in about six or seven weeks. We, we fly back to Florida tomorrow. It's not easy flying all over the world, driving all over the place, being unstable, as it were, and uh, it, it's difficult. You know, but we understand what the Lord says here when he says that the, that the harvest is, is so very great. And because the harvest is great, and because there's so many that still has not heard, and because there's so many that will get saved if they have an opportunity to hear, we're willing to go. You know, there may be someone here in this room that would say, I'm willing to go. It just may be. You know, the Lord doesn't really give you an option to reach the world with the gospel. He tells you this is what you got to do. Acts chapter 1, right? He, he tells you this is what you got not just your Jerusalem, to the uttermost part of the earth. He doesn't really give you the option. He just says, this is what you're called to do. Go ye into all the world. Amen? Go ye into all the world. Go ye into the world, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Go ye into all the world. How do you do that? You're just a small little church here in Bonners Ferry, Idaho. I mean, the northern tip, you're almost in, in Canada, right? How do, you, how do you go into all the world? And it doesn't matter where the church is located at. It could be Central Florida. It could be Kentucky. It could be Tennessee. Amen? You still have the same charge from the Lord to go into all the world. Well, there's really only two things you can do. You can send people out of your church from remote places around the world to start other churches and preach the gospel. That's one way you can do it. And then another way that you can do it is you can help support and send other missionaries that are out of other like-minded churches, and I'm sure you've got a bunch of them back there on that wall. As they go, as they have been called to other areas to start and plant new churches as well. And so it boils down to this. You can either go yourself or you can help somebody else go. That's just the way it is. You say, I don't want to help nobody else go. Well, then go yourself. That's what it boils down to. You're either a goer or a giver. I don't like that. That's what the Lord says. Amen? So you either got to go or you got to help somebody else go. For many of you, you'd say, well, it would be a whole lot easier if I just help somebody else go. Uh Uh-huh. But it might be, it just might be that the Lord has called you to go. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't have to be young to be a missionary. You don't have to be young. Most missionaries are young uh, when, they, when they're getting started, as it were, and doing deputation. But you don't have to be young. You know, I was, I was kicking 40. Amen? Uh, amen? I was late 30s uh, doing, trying to do deputation. I go to missions conferences, and they're all 20 years old. <laughs> you know? You don't have to be young. You, 50, 60 years old, you could surrender your heart and life right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And go spend the next 25 years of your life grow old in the mission field. Oh, yeah, you could do that. You don't have to be young. You, you don't have to be a Bible college graduate, neither. Right. Yeah, you don't have to be. If the opportunity to go to Bible college probably would help you, but you don't have to be. You don't, you don't have to be educated at all. Sure don't. Yeah, you don't have to have a bachelor's degree, an admissions degree. Uh, you don't have to be, have a master's degree, doctorate degree. No, you don't have to have none of that stuff. All you got to have is the Lord working in your heart. 
You know, all you really got to do is tell someone else what happened to you. Amen? Yeah. Just tell them what happened to you. Yeah. If you're not going to go, though, you need to be a part of the missions program in your church. I don't know exactly how you do it here, if it's faith promise, or I don't know. A lot of churches use that. I think that works great. But whatever it is, whatever the system is, you to be a part of it. You know that Marla and I were involved in missions, and even many years before, before I was married, I was involved in missions in my church. Above the tithe, putting in an offering plate, and then one day, I'm having a very successful life, and things are going well. And one day, God just put his finger there. He said, I want to do something else with you. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to do something else for me? I'd be willing, Lord. I remember that before God put his finger in such a strong way, I remember that every time a missionary would come into our church and would preach and present his field and, and, and share the burden it was like I it's like the Lord was almost calling me to every field, <laughs> you know. I mean, I mean, he he would show his slides and and, and, and his photos and and, and and talk about the country, and, and it was like the Lord was doing. Oh man, I'll go, I'll go there, huh? Hey, maybe I, hey, I'll go there, maybe here, maybe here, maybe here, huh? It's because my heart was beginning to get sensitive to the calling of God on my life, missions. That's what was happening. And then one day, he settled it. You know that I believe with all my heart that that the Lord is coming soon. I pray he does. But if he tarries, if I live out these physical years, and I die, and I go to heaven by way of the undertaker, so to speak, if I don't go out in the rapture, if, if I live out my remaining years here in the earth, I want to be found faithful. I don't want to be a double-minded man. I know that God has called us to serve in the country of Chile. And I believe that when God has called and chosen someone for for a specific work, they're going to bear bear fruit in that work. The church, the ministry has done, went way beyond anything that I ever thought that it could. Honestly, it has. I never thought that we would be packing our little building out. I never thought we'd say we're having a special day this Sunday that more than 100 people would show up. I I never thought we'd run 60 or 70 or 80 on an average Sunday and people get saved all the time. I I never thought that. I never thought we'd own that building down there, run bus routes, run... Uh, visitation programs on Saturdays. I, I never, th- I never thought that I never thought that God would allow me to learn the Spanish language the the way that I have. At Forty years old on the backside of the desert. I never thought that would happen. I thought maybe I'd go down there and maybe I could reach a, a few folks in broken English, huh? Man, did God have bigger plans than I ever dreamed of? Humbling. It's just a humbling experience that God would use someone like me. And if God would use someone like me, He'll use someone like you. He will. Amen? You just have to have a, a submissive heart for what He wants you to do. 
sensitive ear and listen. You see, I've heard God's voice before. And so when he said to me, Mike, go to Chile and start a church, I didn't even question. I did not even question. I told Marta, I said, go to the altar with me. God's calling me. We go to the altar weeping and crying. I told her, I said, God just called me to be a missionary in Chile. It's been a lot of years back now. Amen? Man, what God has done. Thank you, church, for being a part of that. Thank you for giving to missions. Every soul that gets saved, amen, goes to your account. Thank you for giving to missions. Folks just like you that allow folks just like us to do what God's called us to do. God bless you for your faithfulness. Mm-hmm.